个老。We had pod. We didn't have podcasts back in the day, but we had. No, you had the radio. You could make. Did you ever tape yourself? Yeah, I had a. I had a tape recorder that could record. I don't. I didn't record opinions and stuff. No. I don't remember what I recorded. Just probably just nonsense. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, we 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 definitely recorded like a fake radio show. Uh, and I remember one time we were pretending to do like a this crazy competition giveaway thing and i was just looking for stuff around my friend's room to pretend to give away and i went this globe and i didn't realize that the globe was plugged in and it like almost ripped the socket off the wall <laughs> worth it for comedy i'll when next time you come into my flat to record a podcast i'll unplug my globe just in case just in case what do you need to plug in a globe for oh so it can it can have a light and spin around on its own i guess a fucking nah. rich, rich arseholes need a... spin around yourself that's the working class method of having a globe. Nonsense. And then, then you go from fake radio show to real podcast. To real podcast that four people listen to. Hey, if you're listening. Hi. <laughs> I'm back. Scott Morrison's back. I did it. Yeah. Ooh. You survived a whole three episodes without me. I did. That was impressive. I was proud of you. Uh, I listened to the majority of both of them. From uh, ho- numerous hostel rooms. Well, we we did uh, throughout the whole of it. I was I was on the theme of the Scott Free trilogy. Yeah, which I, I enjoyed quite a lot. I was talking about like which part of the trilogy is the best. What, in your opinion, what is the best part of the trilogy? We already talked about this. We talked about this on the the call in segment of episode two. Oh, so we did when I called in live well, what was, from Budapest. What was the best part of the Scott Free trilogy? Ooh, ooh. I well, I haven't listened to the Michael one because I actually want to watch Lost River. Hmm. Um. I de- definitely me calling in because <laughs> it's all about me. No, I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed both your guys' ones. I mean, I'm upset that you stole. Well, because I thought you know we could have talked about Super Mario, but uh, it's already been done, mate. Well, it's been done now. It's in the canon of the show. Aye. Uh, it's in the canon. Well, no, we don't go back. We don't look in the past. That's it. Oh, only no, you know what? We're rebranding. <laughs> only everything from here on out is canon. <laughs> everything else is like Fair game. What do they call the Star Wars stuff now? Like the Star Wars stuff that's uh, not. Star like Wars Legends. Legends, that's what it is. It's second opinion legends. That's the expanded universe. Episode one through fifteen. Where I spun out for a <laughs> episode. Danny went off on his own. Uh no, but a big thank you if they're listening. To Michael, Becky, and Bernadette. Yeah. And thanks to Jamie as well for stepping in the week. You can... Add the week Four of... whole episodes, Danny. This has been... It's been a... That's bi-weekly, so that's eight weeks. Do you remember how to do this? Um, I don't know what I usually do with my hands. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'd say don't do that for the people listening at home, which you are. I'm doing something impossible. He's just shave-waving his hands about No, I'm doing something impossible. Because they can't see it. He's I'm juggling impossible. chainsaws. Which maybe I'll just edit in the sound of some chainsaws. Or am I editing it? Is that just a real sound of. <laughs> That's from a person who's never heard a chainsaw. <laughs> you ever hear a chainsaw before? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess before before we introduce the show, yes. because I guess the introduction will be a little bit different. Because well, yeah, the. Like a tiny bit, the, the explanation t- of the, the show. The explanation will be a tiny bit different. Basically. While we've been away, me and Danny have kind of decided to do... I guess it's not really a rebrand. 
We're more just changing the descriptor of the yeah, show. Yeah, we're, we're sick of constantly pretending to do the attack-defend thing and yeah. just not do it. Because, like, we were we were talking about it. I think... Well, you... I mean, your kind of thing is that we... We, we have discovered that film-wise, we agree... On a lot. On a lot. We pretty much got the movies we disagreed on. <laughs> we got those out of the way pretty quickly. <laughs> Very then, much so. And I think as well, like when it comes to one person has to attack it and one person has to defend it, regardless of how we feel about it, it can end up being like a quite disingenuous conversation. It's not as natural. Yeah, because it's like, well, yeah, like we're not, we're not actually talking about our thoughts on it and like getting deeper into it because it's like, man, isn't it crazy how like the uh, the Godfather they, they all wear suits? What's that about? Why would you wear suits to a gunfight? I don't know. It's just some. <laughs> it's a very specific example. But you know, it's like it's like uh, the whole what, what they call it, the screen junkies. They do the movie fights. It's like that where like they just get assigned something. Like hmm. you hate the Hobbit and you like the Hobbit, and it's like go and you know even if somebody likes the Hobbit, it's it's. So I think we'll get. A, I think we get a better conversation out of just fucking speaking some films talking about some films I also I want to stay away from I feel like we, we we wandered too far into the trap of let's just talk about hilariously bad films <clears throat> which was from the get go not what I wanted to do no like I wanted to pick some genuinely good films and kind of pick them apart in detail a bit more and not just you know we kind of ended up just going for like we'll do maximum overdrive because how crazy yeah. does that sound like and things like that which still makes for an interesting conversation but uh, well, they're, think... they're not going to be we're not going to stop doing yeah no 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 absolutely gonna, not we'll, like... we'll, we'll do them we'll just won't do them um, as, as regularly, regularly as we were doing it we were yeah. kind of forced in trying to find all of these because you know it's things. like you look at I mean aside from Lost River with Michael Kelly like you look at the last kind of slew of them it's like you know, Maximum Overdrive, considered pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Home Alone 5, considered pretty bad. Super Mario Brothers, considered pretty bad. You know, it's like, mm. we kind of were just slipping into that, that that thing. So I think doing this will be a bit better. And yep. I think we'll be able to kind of have some better conversations. And... But we don't want to stay too far um, away to just two white guys talking about films yeah. on a podcast in general. We want to kind why, of... Why is colour coming in Danny because every pretty much every film podcast is two white guys talking about their white opinions <laughs> they're just my opinions I can't help that I'm white <laughs> <laughs> um, feel that white guilt no. Uh, so uh, the second opinion of the title of this podcast isn't going to change we're still going to be looking at films and we're going to be looking at alternative opinions of the films we're going to be so. trying Kinda. yeah yeah trying to find Good points in um, bad films and bad points in good films. And try and find yeah. a new way. Like, look at films and then come yeah. up with something new to say. I think about those have, that's evolved naturally in pretty much every episode. Like, even the Phantom Menace one, we found. You know, we we, we spoke about some pretty, like, pretty po- like relatively positive aspects of it and stuff. Which I feel like most people wouldn't. Then it's just like, isn't it funny how. What a bit of Chlorians, which we did as well, but you know. It's like, um, <laughs> oh, there's part, there will be that in everything we do. Every move we make. Copyright. Cool. <laughs> Don't sing along. 
Or just leave me fucking... I'll leave you hanging. Yes and, Danny. That's how podcasts work. <laughs> this, this is the Yes and podcast. This is welcome back to Yes and... Yes. See, you didn't do it again. You left me hanging. Again. Oh, Get was I supposed me. to fill in the and? Intro the podcast. <laughs> What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to back. Welcome back. Second opinion. Good. You want to try that again? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, people of people to welcome back to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Jones, and with me, back from Europe, Scott Morrison. I mean, I'm back from Europe. We're still in Europe. I'm back from a part of Europe. We oh, don't we'll we'll sort that out. Yeah, we'll give, we'll give the government a couple of years. We'll try and get that sorted, all right? Mate, this, don't worry about get it. Get this Brexit malarkey off the ground. In Second Opinion, we take something with a strong general consensus, whether that be good or bad, and find the imperfections or redeeming features accordingly, thus giving our second alternative opinion. Good Lord, that was... That was good. I didn't realise you'd prepped that. Yeah, prepped That's a lot it. of big words, Danny. Thanks. Pretty fly. I can go again, but slower so you can keep up. No, wait, you know what? Well, I'll I'll slow it down in the edit <laughs> as well. Just so so when people really... listen to this, they'll hear a slowed down version of speech. Yeah. And then they'll have to wait about 15 seconds to figure out why. Yeah. So I think we can officially consider this episode, this is season two. Season two. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, it has been about a year one. since we started yeah. the audios of Second Opinion. And, you know, we've only done about 12 episodes, which is about the British way. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, right? Except we've only taken a break of, like, a week as opposed to a year. Aye. Uh, Could have taken a cheeky break for a year. Could would, would we have arrived back with great fanfare? Nah. 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 Nobody's finding the Night of the Leafus episode and being like, this. These boys. They <laughs> Not going to have that cult following. Um... So yeah, we're, we're, I guess we're kind of starting off with kind of a weird one because this doesn't have a widely held consensus. Or maybe it does. Maybe it Don't does. Don't know because I haven't looked up reviews. We haven't looked up opinions yet, although, well, I've seen some of them float through. Um, yeah? It, the, it's a bad consensus. Okay. So we're talking about The Dark Tower. We're talking about The Dark Tower. 2017's The Dark Tower. <sighs> yeah. Is the consensus that it's, that, that it's real bad? <laughs> Is that the general That's consensus, That's what um, I've heard so far. The general consensus of... Well, like, I've not looked into proper reviews, but there is a lot of... This is why the Dark Tower went wrong articles on that I've seen. Yeah. The, like, those kind of articles where it's like... The, the, the Dark Tower... The, the Dark Tower is like... What, what those I've seen loads of them for, like, Game of Thrones <laughs> and stuff. Where it's like... Ah, ah, the Dark Tower... Ah, I don't know how to put it into words. But, like, there's been loads of ones on Game of Thrones where it's like... Game of Thrones just became this kind of show, and and here's why. It's always got like the little ellipsis, and then like, and here's why, and stuff like that. And I feel like, or you know, there'll be an article like, here's why millennials ruined the Dark Tower. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking millennials. Fucking millennials always hating on entitled, hating on Big Driss and Matthew McConaughey. Um, so we literally saw it like an hour ago. Aye. Initial thoughts. My initial thoughts. What. Well, do you want to explain? Well, like, well, uh, probably best to talk about um, our going in point. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I read the Dark Tower. This is this is where there's um, the analysis of the adaptions going to fall apart slightly. I read it when I was a teenager, so it's been a while. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, I tried to recap it. The Dark Tower's a fucking long saga. Like, mm. it's a huge, huge thing. Uh, it's, I think it started in 1979, Dude. and like, it only finished like, um, like I think it's the was about 2008 um, that might be way off probably way off that. that's weird because i thought the dark tower was like his modern 
No, well, like it kind of is because it's gone. It's been on for so long. It's like it started off so old and now it's new. And he still kept technically writing. There was a new book that came out for it a couple of years ago. It wasn't. It was kind of like a fill-in, like a not a fill-in story, like a, a story set during the saga. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure there still might be comics and stuff that come out. There's quite a lot of comics that yeah. go onto it. It's quite. It's quite a big thing. Um, so it was kind of hard to just find a summary on it. Mm. Um, so I've I've read the books. It's been a while, but I've read the books, and I was super excited for this film at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you're buzzed. When we were when we knew nothing about it, I was the only thing we knew is that Idris Elba was going to be in it, Matthew McConaughey, and it was like, hey, those two are, are really cool characters, uh, car- actors. actors for the characters and stuff. And I always thought Matthew McConaughey would play the gunslinger because uh, the gunslinger is supposed to be he's. It's, Self-confessed by Stephen King, he's based on Clint Eastwood, uh-huh. and I thought Matthew McConaughey. If anyone could do like the modern day sort of cowboy, you think Matthew McConaughey. Aye, but um, not to complain about Idris Elba doing mm-hmm. it. I think Idris Elba, um, like at the beginning of the day, I was like, yeah, Idris Elba, yeah, do it as well. He's I fucking love Idris Elba. Yeah. Um, Lufa, <laughs> Lufa, we are cancelling the apocalypse. I'm gonna DC try to stop Matthew McConaughey because <laughs> I'm DCI Lufa. And if I don't manage, I'm going to sit down and have a little DC cry. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, so I went into the film with that. Like I was, all, I was excited. Uh, well, I didn't go into the film today because after seeing trailers and stuff and even the first trailer when it came out, I was like, oh, that dragged me down a bit because it felt, the trailer was not great. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's, it's an atrocious trailer. It's so generic. It's a tro- yeah. And just very poorly thrown together and like, my thing was it just the film looked very cheap hmm. and when you see the film it's I it still looked very cheap to hmm. me Every, I think it was for a high fantasy film it was cheap because I was surprised the trailers only came out a couple of months ago hmm. and there was halfway through this year I was like when are they going to market this thing because hmm. like no one knows it's coming out unless you like the Dark Tower and are looking forward to it hmm. hey everyone else you maybe got some film enthusiasts who are like yeah uh, Stephen King thing coming out I guess it's called The Dark Tower that's coming out at some point this year and like suddenly the marketing's everywhere now like it's quite there's quite there seems yeah, to be quite a lot of posters but like um, at the time there was nothing nothing yeah there was no trailer no poster no nothing Um. so but when the trailer finally did come out it did bring me down a bit but like I was at the beginning of this year I was super excited I was a fan of the books and I was ready to see it adapted yeah and now you have it. Yeah. Mm. Wasn't great. <laughs> and so many ways. Because we don't I don't want to go this like I will do this, but I'm not gonna be the whole um it's wasn't it was shit because it didn't follow the book. But I don't anything. think yeah, but I would I'd be interested to hear how different it is. Because I, if, if the book is anything like this, then the book must be garbage. The um the like I, I also don't think it stands alone on its own mm. as its own thing. That's the other thing I wanted to put as a as an adaption of the book. It's awful. Like it's it doesn't make it like it's mental how far off they go um, from the saga, mm. um, even just from the basic core of it. But even as a film on its own, it just doesn't it doesn't do anything interesting. It doesn't yeah. like it's not got much happening. It's yeah. not got anything going for it. So do you want to do like your best? wrap up well summary of the of the plot of this film uh, best you can do in about a minute if if not less oh okay see that see how well you can do 
So I'm curious as to how well you can condense the the main plot. Right. Okay. <laughs> so this plot follows a young boy, Jake Chambers. Yeah, I thought you were going to forget his name. You were going to go, young boy, boy. <laughs> um, um, preteen Jake Chambers, who is having dreams and visions of uh, a dark tower and a gunslinger and a man in black. And he's drawn all these dreams and all of his friends think he's crazy, but he he's convinced that he these visions mean something. And uh, one day they find, he finds out they do mean something. Mm. And um, he, uh, while trying to escape from uh, the bad guys who are trying to kidnap him, uh, he finds a portal and uh, leads to uh, Midworld, where he meets the gunslinger, Roland, bum, bum, bum. played by Idris Elba. And his, he's trying to get revenge on Matthew McConaughey for killing his father. And uh, they also need to defend the Dark Tower at some point. And uh, Matthew McConaughey is trying to destroy the Dark Tower. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So you've summed it up pretty well there. Um, so we're definitely going to go into spoilers. Yes. Because, spoilers uh, territory. Because, you know, how else do you talk about such a fucking... Oh, well, the first thing I want to say about the adaption is that this um, movie doesn't call itself The Gunslinger. Because that's the the Dark Tower is not the name of the first book. It's the name of the franchise, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Actually, The Dark Tower is the name of the last book, which mm-hmm. is very confusing, I guess, if you're trying to go into this adaption-wise. Okay. The Dark Tower, the series is called The Dark Tower, and the last book is called The Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one's called The Gunslinger. And as an adaption go, The Gunslinger is a very bizarre book. Uh, it's written bef- like at the beginning. Stephen King started writing this and had no real general consensus where he was going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a weird book. I would, I was so happy for them. This kind of infuriates me the most about this adaption. The Dark Tower is almost the perfect material to adapt because it's so long. It's bloated. It's got a lot of shit in it. Yeah. There's a lot of shit in the Dark Tower books. But like, um, there is some real good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And it'd be cool for a, good, a director with a vision to come along and go, right, let's take this, 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 and this and make it into a film. Because um, the gunslinger is, there's not a lot happens in the first book. But like, uh, so it would be, it would be understandable for them to take stuff from other books and put it in and mm-hmm. try and like to make it into a film. Um, but they go, they tell a story that's, mm, I, like, it's been a long time since I read the books, is entirely not in it. Yeah. Like the story of this film is not. Has nothing to do with it? Nothing to so do with it. So, all the stuff with. What was the kid called? Jake Chambers. Jake Chambers? Is that. Jake Chambers is in it. Jake Chambers. Like, the, I feel that the, the weird place this starts from is it's this film's about Jake Chambers, mm-hmm. whereas the books are about the gunslinger. Yeah, that was, that was what I had, was under the impression of, was that the books were pretty grounded in their universe. Yeah. Like, about. Well, the, the gunslinger, gunslinger book is mostly that. set in mid. In fact, I think it's entirely set in Midworld. Mm-hmm. the The first book is entirely set in Midworld, um, and Jake Chambers find uh, goes over to Midworld by mistake, and um, he meets the the gunslinger there uh, in a in the way station. It's called the way station. It's like an old petrol station. Yeah. Because um, the Midworld is described as um, well, like there's a there's some sort of event that happened. It's kind of implied but never said. It's like post apocalyptic Earth. Because uh-huh. it has loads of Earth landmarks, and then the characters describe the um, it's as the world that moved on. Uh, it's never explicitly said that, it, but it might be set way, way, way far in the future. Mm-hmm. And 
it's but it's still earth um and it's all set entirely in that and it's western it's very much the whole thing the whole premise of it is a fantasy western mm-hmm. especially in the first one mm. um so jake chambers is he, he's in it um but he's more of a he's more of a sidekick where this one's about jake chambers yeah um, the whole plot of Jake Chambers getting visions is in the second book, but it's for a specific reason. This is where I'm going to ask you the question, how bothered are you about the books? Because I, I feel the first thing is, The Dark Tower, I don't think is going to get a sequel. Okay. I don't, and I think this has killed any adaption for The that Dark Tower again, in, yeah. for a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, also, the books, if you want to read them, uh, I semi-recommend. I've heard they get pretty bad. They get bad. They get, they go. I think they go so up and down. Um, so it's up to you how strongly you feel mm. about the books. Um, you know what? I'm probably not gonna get around to reading them anytime soon, anyway. So anything you do spoil, I'll probably have forgotten by the time I ever get around to reading them. So. I I'd be surprised if you ever did get around to reading them okay. because I'd they're be quite. To, to be honest, they're they're quite a length. They're a commitment. And as a kid, I was I struggled as a teenager to get through most of them. I wanted to because I wanted to know what was happening. Mm. But like I really, there was times where I was reading some of the books and I was really struggling. Mm. And I would never reread them. Okay. Like even though there's there's stuff about that's why I want it to be adapted because I want it, I want to go back into be able that world. To just have a nice bite size. Aye, like... but I don't want to go through the books. Um, as much as the some of the books are really really good. So you uh, don't feel that this was a good a good return to. The world of what's the place called? Midworld. Midworld. Do I feel what, sir? Do you feel you don't feel that this was a good return? No. For for several reasons which I'll get into. The the visions Jake Jake Chambers in the end of the gunslinger dies. Mm. But he goes into the uh, in the second book, the drawing of the free, or maybe it's the beginning of the wasteland. They all do blend in together a bit. He uh he's alive on New York. But like he has visions of this life where he died, mm-hmm. and the gunslinger also has these visions. Roland also has these visions, and it's making them both ill because they are living two memories: one where they're alive, and one where they die. And the only way to resolve that is for Jake Chambers to come over to Midworld, to where Roland is, or vaguely like that. Mm-hmm. So the visions are in it, but it's for an entirely different reason to what the 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 um the film gives it i thought the visions were very bizarre like when you were just saying that he stumbled in the books he stumbles on it on accident i feel like i'd almost kind of would have preferred that hmm. like well first of all i think this film's biggest issue like to kind of sidestep a bit this film's biggest issue is that it's far too fucking short it's very it's short way too short for the amount of stuff that they are trying to cram into that um so it's like it's almost a, a prophecy without a prophecy hmm. kind of thing where it's like there's this character and he has he's having visions about all these things that are happening and we don't know why but he's having them and now he's got to go to this portal and he's gonna he's now now he's there and the movie's been on for five minutes and we're, we've already went through all this stuff yeah and I'm like okay who is this person why is he getting visions and where where is he now what's happening <laughs> like I... because it just rattles through shit so quickly like even the um the opening uh tight like the opening title yeah i thought was like immediately 
is is just felt so confusing and i granted the film hasn't started yet but it comes up and it's like what is it, it says it's like a... it says the ta- dark tower i think it says the dark tower protects the universe from yeah. darkness or something like that it is said that a child's mind could destroy it what like what do you mean like like metaphorically a child's uh, mind could destroy it or do you mean like literally see i thought it was pretty bizarre because i thought it was trying to say that the dark tower was so vulnerable even a child could destroy it right but okay. it seemed to one once you watch the film they tried the the man in black has a plot where he's trying to destroy the dark tower by um harnessing the power of uh, by finding the right brain. child to kill it so it the it's the opening um title introduction it seems to imply is actually implying that uh, there's a prophecy that a child can destroy it. Yeah. And that child is Jake Chambers. Yeah. So it is, like I said, it's just pro- it's prophecy without prophecy. It's going down that shite kind of MacGuffin of like, oh, he'll just destroy it, like, just because, because there's this thing that says that a kid will destroy it. Hmm. But it's like, not necessarily that kid, though. Could just be any kid. It's... It's, it's... I just, it just took so little time to i still don't really understand granted there's a little bit where they kind of sit around a campfire and idris elba kind of gives you the one minute rundown i still don't fully understand what the dark tower really did i still don't really understand why the man in black wanted to destroy the black tower the dark tower um why why are there like are the gunslingers are they there have they are they on earth like this place specifically to defend the dark tower they're not like self-employed like they're they're freelancers the gunslingers are this um oh they're from the this society and they're they're supposed to be knights they're straight up supposed to be like knights Mm. who just uh just cowboys uh and they defend um i can't remember in the books if they do if they're supposed to defend the dark tower that's actually that's a detail i can't remember Mm. um but uh, there, there's, there's this cool society, and when they, when they go into flashbacks to Roland as a kid, it's such an interesting society. Yeah. And this, um, there's a society that um, has all these specific rules and rituals, and it's as you get the impression from the film that it's very father focused. There's a lot of paternalness yeah. about the society, which is a lot more interesting than in what it makes it sound in the film, where he just keeps repeating the gunslinger's oath. Yeah. The the. Yeah, you've forgotten the face of your father. Yeah. yeah. It's they I think they say it they might even say it in the film more times than it was ever said in the book. Mm. Which I thought <laughs> it also seemed like um that that phrase had magical powers because Jake gets the gun, he gets a gun and he just repeats these three lines and suddenly he's like the best shot that well the best shot for an eight-year-old or however old he's supposed to be that there's ever been like Ah, it's it's an oaf. It like it's literally what it's supposed to be. It isn't I the book i don't recall it ever being magical it mm. was a bunch of words because they were a society that valued the honor of their father so much yeah they 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 it was an insult to be told that you'd forgotten the face of yeah. your father that's the only thing from a, a fan of the books that i really laughed at was the joke where he tells he finally comes to earth uh, and he tells the prostitutes that they've forgotten the face of their father mm. it's a funny joke as a fan of the books because it's such a bizarre <laughs> thing um to happen um but he says it a lot um, I don't even remember how much of a how involved his father actually is yeah. in the original story. But again, like speak. So speaking of his father, this film, the first time you see Idris Elba, his father is dying. Like presumably in the midst of some kind of fight, his father is now dying, and it's like, 
don't worry though. As long as you're alive, Idris Elba, it's all good. Because apparently Matthew McConaughey is Oh hey, don't breathe. <laughs> apparently that just doesn't work. <laughs> He's on Kilgrave Elba. from Jessica Jones. That doesn't seem to be why is Idris Elba special? Didn't feel like that was was that like right this covered. is this is where you're gonna but then also like just to get back to the kind of point was like it feels like when when you when you're introduced to these characters and they look exhausted and they're all bloody and they're like oh man and this is crazy like you just feel so, I felt so dropped in to the tail end of a film hmm. I felt like I had come in in like the last what felt like would be the last twenty minutes of a movie but. This was the beginning. Like, I, there was no setup to anything that's going on, and sometimes that can work. Being dropped into something like that, but I think again, that's my issue with the fact that the film is far too short. Is that it doesn't take time to build to anything. It's just the movie begins and everything's kicking off, and you're just you're in it, and which can work for a lot of films. But I don't necessarily for a film that has so much backstory to it, and so much stuff where I felt like if you hadn't read the book, you were sort of just left to to your own devices <laughs> which again is fine I'm totally happy to you know assume that the audience is intelligent enough to piece together things for themselves but when it's a universe that we have never seen before mm. just give us a little bit of help just a, just a little just a little slither of help why did that weird furry man have to put on a face mask when he's in the presence of Matthew McCoy what is he what's going on the <laughs> the other mental thing about the adaption is that um, the man in black is his role in this is like hugely blown up. Like yeah. he is not a big character in the series. Mm. He's in the first book. Like um, he is who the gunslinger is trying to get yeah. hold of in the first book. But throughout the first book, the man in black is running away. Mm. He's running away from the gunslinger. He's not planning anything. He's not plotting anything. Yeah, because they said. He doesn't. He doesn't want to. Do, if, if I recall, he doesn't want to destroy the Dark Tower. He's um. He's one of the the. I think he describes himself as the pawn of the big creature that's at the Dark Tower. I want. I want to explain the fundamental reason, the fundamental thing that this film gets so entirely wrong, about the what it the book series it's adapted from. Okay. And it's mental. It's almost like no one's read the book. How, how wrong it is. Yeah. The. The Dark Tower series is very simply the gunslinger is trying to get to the Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. That is the whole entire series mm-hmm. from the moment it starts to the moment it finishes. The first line of the first yeah, book yeah, yeah. Which is, is the, in the film as well. It's right? in the film, but it's not at the beginning, which is where it should be because it's very importantly put at the beginning yeah. for a reason. The... Um, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. Which again, in the context of the film, that line made no sense because yeah. it's like, the man in black isn't running away at all. No. And the, the gunslinger, yeah, he's not chasing after him. He's the gunslinger like, is, the, but the well, gunslinger is, yeah. the gunslinger in the book, he's, the whole point of his character is that he has this determination to get to the Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. He, nothing else in anything, nothing else matters. He needs to get to the Dark Tower. Why? Because... Um, Just because. <laughs> it doesn't explain in the first book. I'm trying to remember now. Uh, there is something in the Dark Tower. Uh, it explains what it is in the Dark Tower in the last one. Um, 
Uh, I can't actually remember why he needs to get to it. Mm. Don't worry books. about it. It's one of the, it's in the I think it's in the like the later books. He needs to get to the dark. That's his quest. That's his determination. And the fascinating thing about Roland is um, how much he's willing to sacrifice to get to it. The the man in black has a, a line in this. He's like, "Do you know the reason, uh, the why no one, um, all of your companions die, is because I kill them?" And it's so it well, most maybe like want to shout because that's not the reason yeah. why Roland's um, companions in the books die very regularly but the reason why is because Roland sacrifices them yeah. he's willing to sacrifice his friends to get to the Dark Tower no matter who in the, the first one that's how Jake Chambers dies he leaves Jake he leaves a kid to die oh. because he needs to get to the man in black because the man in black will be able to tell him how to get to the Dark Tower mm. The gunslinger in this is portrayed as like almost a classic sort of hero, but he's yeah. not. He's not the. He's a real. He's like the almost the ultimate anti-hero. The first thing he does in the first book, which I think would have made an amazing sequence if they'd done it, he um recalls he uh, takes water from this guy in this house in the middle of the desert. And he recalls the last thing he's just done, a story. He goes to a town called Tull, and um, the, the man in black has been through this town, uh, and the man in black um possessed the uh person in charge of the church and that um uh that person um claims that the gunslinger is the devil and everyone in the town man woman child go to attack the gunslinger and he shoots every single one of them apps every single one of them he shoots them down as this whole town attacks him men women and children he's not a good guy yeah and that's the first, and there's a there's a specific reason I noticed in my heart that Stephen King told tell that's the first thing that Keith Stephen King tells you about the gunslinger, because he's, so he's not, not a, a hero. Good guy, yeah. And like over the course of it, he learns to be like he learns to accept all these things, but he still sacrifices every one of his yeah. friends. Um, and this movie ends with him being like, "Hey Jake, why don't you come on with me and be my sidekick, and we'll buddy just go eat hot dogs together and." <laughs> He's such a he's a lovable he's a lovable rogue. Yeah, a, they play a, the whole like, oh, he's a, they they play the whole, you know, fish out of water. Oh, he doesn't know what hot dogs are, hmm. and oh, what's he he doesn't understand anything. And it's but in the book, he's so much darker, and I think that makes that's it. It feels like it should be a darker film than it is, and that yeah. also makes the story easy to tell because you don't need to fully know about all the mythology. Uh, even in the fir- as you're reading the books, you're starting to discover it more. Yeah. You don't need to know it all about it all because the story is driven by this man's determination to get to the Dark Tower. So when they started off with Jake Chambers, I was like, this already feels like a mistake because mm-hmm. like, that's not what the series is about. Mm-hmm. And if you're starting from Jake, it seems... I, it makes sense if maybe from an outsider's perspective because you're like, well, Jake Chambers doesn't know anything about Midworld, so well, you can learn it well, as he does. Well, this is it, but then that doesn't really happen. No, because because so... Jake Chambers always has these visions, so he already knows stuff yeah. about Midworld. But like in the books, it doesn't really matter the the mythology of the world to begin with. You learn it, but you learn it in its time. Yeah. You, all that matters is that the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed, and his determination to get to the Dark Tower. Mm. And this one, he's so passive about it. He's like, I don't care about the Dark Tower. And you're like, what are you talking about? That's kept, the point of the books. I kept forgetting that the Dark Tower was even a thing. Ah. Like, I think they show it once at the beginning, and then they show it once at the end, and that's when it's getting hit by the brain, the, the child brain paralyzer. Ah. It's amazing in this that the dark, everyone seems to know where the Dark Tower is. Mm. Whereas in the, 
in the um, books, it was more abstract because it was a, a center of time and space, and like it was the the thing that held up all all of the worlds, Earth, Midworld, everything. It wasn't necessarily in a specific place. In fact, there's um, later on in the books you find out that in on Earth, the Dark Tower is a rose that's grown in a car park. Okay, that's the that turns out to be the Dark mm-hmm. Tower, and not that's not the dark tower that he has to get to but that's a version of the dark tower in mm-hmm. earth um so like it's it's strange that they give it a location oh it's in the middle mm, yeah but like there's there's a there's a lot more abstractness mm-hmm. to it in the book that's a lot more interesting when you no, get it's there. in the middle <laughs> it's in the middle um but the but like they could have made they wanted to go off and tell their own story that's fine they can they've adapted it let's do it the way this is also supposed to be a sequel to the original mm. books so like you can go in any direction you want to go in um but i feel like you fucked up if you've not made it that the gunslinger is trying to get to the yeah. dark tower because that's what's so interesting about the books it sounds fascinating it's making me want to read it um it's making me want to read it quite a bit because it almost sounds like a completely different it is it's so different it's so incredible because in this one they give him the generic oh he killed my father so i want to kill the man in black yeah why have you done that that's so boring yeah it's a crappy revenge story he's given a quest and his determination is so fascinating it's broken down to all these really hollywood conventions in a way Mm. it almost feels like it was made in like the 80s or the 90s i thought early 2000s yeah the aesthetic of the whole thing reminded me a lot of something like blade or van helsing or something like Hmm. that where granted it's practical sets but everything's just brown and looks very very cheap and you know they're all running about in their big trench coats and just very very bad you know matthew mcconaughey's walking around like a fucking shit buffy villain Hmm. (laughs) like um yeah it's just very bizarre so yeah, hard hard film to place. <laughs> it doesn't. It mm, it's it's so derailed itself, mm. and that's what's. There's so much like in the in the books that like it was more interesting than what they did. Mm. The generic. We need to find the chosen child. Oh, it turns out Jake Chambers is the chosen child, mm. and there's so much more interesting stuff. Yeah, I can see what you mean in do. terms of plot. It's got that kind of eighties like. It's a kid who's in out of its depth and some crazy Aye. shenanigans like but that's it it, fe- it feels like like what you're describing to me sounds great i feel like i just saw a disney version yeah like, i just feel like i saw a disney a crappy disney movie like oh, based the, off almost, of, based off of a ride or something i like, almost to the point where it's been wholeheartedly the gunslinger's like oh he's a friendly guy yeah. now he, he doesn't kill whole city town villages he's of just people. eating hot dogs <laughs> he doesn't sacrifice 12 year old boys to that like, he gets sacrificed to slow mutants yeah they were the villains of the gunslinger book yeah um yeah um that's there's so much more interesting stuff though in the dark tower that's them that you could include they it has loads of weird shit it goes into a lot of references i'm not sure if you picked that up in the in the film i had a sense that there was a lot of stuff i was missing out on like well like references not to the books but stephen king's other books mm. which um when i read the dark tower wasn't a big thing for me because i wasn't a big stephen king reader um but there are a couple of references in the films that you're like that's a stephen king uh jake chambers his ability is called the shine mm-hmm. an explicit reference to the mm-hmm. shining he's got the shining the shine which again i was like what 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 
It's just like a thing you've got, the shine. I was like, okay, that's fine. That's tele- whatever. Tele- At this point, I'm just like, whatever. It's only got about 20 minutes to go. <laughs> Why not introduce new shit? <laughs> Psychic powers. And then not explain it. Uh, but it was a reference to The Shining, obviously. There's yeah. um. Isn't Pennywise in the book? It's Pennywise is the clown it. Yeah, but doesn't he appear in the in the Dark Tower? He does, I believe. Also, so does the Crimson King, who's referenced in the uh, in the place where Jake Chambers finds the yeah. portal. Uh, he's also in the book. Um, they're not they're not references I would have ever got at the time. Yeah just because I didn't yeah. read Stephen King stuff. I didn't even really watch a lot of Stephen King stuff. I'm not sure if they call it The Shining in um, the books. You've got The Shining. The Shining. <laughs> you mean Shining. Shh. Get it's a bit of that in here because they called it The Shine. They yeah. kept calling it, maybe it would have been too distracting to call it The Shining. You've got The Shining, yeah. Um, then Jack Nicholson bursts in like, <laughs> I'm going to sue you for copyright, man. That was my Jake, that was my Jack Nicholson. I hope you enjoyed that, everyone. <laughs> it's an amazing Jack Nicholson. Um, so what did you in terms of like I guess I mean I guess we're the only two actors to really talk about are the two main ones Idris Elba and how did you feel about Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey I liked him in the film I thought um, Idris Elba I uh as I say, they've they as as I went over, they they've really diluted them. Yeah, he's just the being. You're like you, you, what, you, what you were saying. He's just he's just playing a mm. hero. I there's I, no other dimension to him other than he's a good person. It would have been cool to see. Like I felt like he could have, especially the way he was acting here. If they'd actually gave him the undying motivation to get to the Dark yeah. Tower, I think it would have been really. I think Idris Elba could do the. The friendly guy, because the the gunslinger in the books isn't an unfriendly guy. Yeah, he doesn't want to see bad happen to his friends. He just isn't. He's ready to give mm. them up if it requires. In the books, Roland is not a bad person. He doesn't want to see harm to any of his um, uh, friends that he makes, but he's willing to sacrifice mm. them. He um, helps them out as much as he can, um, but not at the sacrifice of his journey. Um, so, like. I think Edward Elba could have done both of that. He could have done the charismatic, hey, yeah. uh, I'm here for you, and also the fuck you, of the, um, I need to move on, I can't I can't be dragging you. Um, he could have done them both, and that would have been really fascinating to watch. I think it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, there's, like what well, I just said, there's just no, there's no dimension to him other than he's a good person. He does the, it's, I feel like it's way overused, the whole, he goes to New York and he, mm, what's, yeah, what's it's like, whoa, it's, Played for laughs and how awkward was it though the uh the hot dog joke yeah didn't even get like didn't even get a chuckle from no. a single person you it forget was just it's supposed to be a joke silence like and i was like whoa and there's a pause after he says like he's like a bunch of savages and then the kid's like it's not it's not really dog no he's like what breed yeah what breed yeah and there's like a pause and it's a good five seconds and there was just nothing I was like, it's not funny. Oh, this is like the fucking Big Bang Theory when they cut the laugh track out. It's just like, <laughs> like it's just awkward. He's like, hey, kid, do you want to come with me? Hey, remember how your parents died? You don't seem too fussed about that anymore. Took you like, what, 30 seconds to go over that? Because this movie only has time for you to have 30 seconds to mm. grieve. Yeah. So poorly paced. But uh, I thought Matthew McConaughey was dreadful in this unbelievable he reminded me of like um like a magician you'd see on stage Hmm. like an illusionist or something like he's got his slicked back hair and like whereas like kind of yeah it's kind of 
messy slick back kind of hair and like he's got the open buttons on the shirt and he's oh he's doing all this crazy stuff with his hands and I was like this is dreadful and like the way he spoke to people like I said it just it felt like a kind of like a dynamo thing like mm. just trying to have all this stage presence of like woo I'm gonna do some crazy tricks and I just thought he was given that you know we, we've had the the McConaissance or what's it called the aye yeah yeah um, the McConaissance I think Matthew McConaughey's brilliant but this this felt like the kind of thing he'd be doing way back mm. way back when he chose it I'm pretty sure he was offered the role of the gunslinger but he was more interested in the mm. man in black he's I thought he was atrocious like just so it was just too theatrical and there was nothing sinister about him because I was just laughing at him. Hmm. Like, couldn't get into it in the slightest. His performance. No, it's which least... I haven't. Don't, I don't think I felt that like like that all this year about some performance. But it just totally took me out of the film because I was like, "You're just being goofy." There's nothing. I don't feel threatened by you at all. Just no good. Nothing good about it. No. He would like. He was very over the top villain. Mm. It's just, as I say, because his role was so beefed up, it was almost like they, we need to get a proper villain for Yeah, he's like film. a big mastermind with a, plan. a whole squad of people on him again. I'm like, how did all these people end up on his fucking side? Hey, Why mean, do all these people want to destroy the universe? Like, Aye. Let the darkness in. Because um, like, they all seem terrified of him. So it's like, why are you all on his payroll? What's happening? <laughs> Because if I recall in The Gunslinger, the man in black was terrified of The Gunslinger because that's why he was running. Yeah. He was running away from The Gunslinger mm. uh, and The Gunslinger was trying to catch up with him. Um, and he had magic. The There's a cool sequence at the book which is so <laughs> annoyingly lends itself to film. Yeah. Is this sequence at the end where the man in black tries to um, stop The Gunslinger by... Um, showing him the entire universe and showing, showing him, him a magic trick Ugh. he shows him he tries to distract him with a magic trick that's was, what was this Ma- chicard because that's what Matthew McConaughey that's where he got the idea he was like I'm going to base it all off this scene <laughs> this is my performance but um he shows him he shows the gunslinger just how big the universe is and how insignificant and hoping that he'll drop his quest by yeah. doing that but he doesn't and it's supposed to be this whole thing where it expands out past and the, the gunslinger has taken past all of these planets and stuff and you're like you could have read that man and the director could have come along and thought, oh, I can, I can see it in my head yeah. already. That sort of vision. Maybe, probably end up being very similar to Doctor Strange's kind of weird, trippy visions. Yeah. But like, it would, it's visual. Mm. It's like, it, it, you could have put interesting. it. interesting. Yeah. You could, you could have put that in the film. That would have been really cool. Um, but like the man, in, that's what my point, the man in black's mostly running away. Uh-huh. And um, I think the only other thing he does of significance is he um, predicts future with like tarot cards mm-hmm. um he uh, predicts the gunslinger's future with that um but apart from that he, like he's 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 got no plan he's just running mm-hmm. um but which is why they've had to make these weird things where the gunslinger's immune to the man in black's magic yeah which i was it explained did i drift off at that in the point? film mm-hmm. no i don't think so i don't believe it was again it's just more the film, as much as I hated it, it needed to be longer. Hmm. That I feel like that would have solved a lot of its problems because they could have expanded on the things they were trying to explain. 
Like, I, I think the fundamental problem with it not being about Roland trying to get to the Dark Tower is it would have always yeah. made it. Uh, like, maybe they could have made a decent, like, a fun film out of it. Yeah, that's not necessarily. It's like, okay, it's not like the book, but. But it would have never. It's, it's good on its own. Maybe. But I don't think it would have ever had the iconicness of the book. Mm. It would have always just been a, oh, it was a fun pastime. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have had the, oh, wow, that was something epic. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like how. That's kind of how people see, like, the Hitchhiker's Head the Galaxy. Or something like that, you know. It's not, it's not the books, but aye, it, but it it's works. like it's good enough. Yeah, <laughs> I like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film. I also like the film a lot. I always think the the problem with the film to the book is that the the book the the greatness about the book is like Douglas Adams describing everything, mm. and obviously in the film you can't have just Douglas Adams. Mm. Well, he did write a lot. He did of it. write he, it, yeah. but he, like he didn't like you. He's just not. It's not like in the in a script you can't just have Douglas yeah, Adams yeah, yeah. showing his script. Like you have Stephen Ki- um, yeah, Stephen Fry, Stephen Fry. Uh, Stephen, King. Stephen, King. <laughs> Stephen Fry reading out some extracts from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is um, that's when it most feels like the Hitchhiker's mm. Guide to the Galaxy because you can hear Those Douglas are the best Adams. Parts, yeah. um, whereas the rest of it, like it, it's it's probably a really good environment. It's a really good adaptation. You just don't quite feel it. Doesn't quite feel right because yeah. Douglas Adams isn't there personally talking into you. We should um, talk about Hitchhiker sometime. That would be cool. Yeah. I, love, I I'm up for that film. Hmm. That was um, a nice little sidestep. <laughs> um, we're back to it. <laughs> visually, uh, visually, as you yeah, say, it's well, very brown. Yeah, it's, that's. It doesn't about. feel Midworld feels very generic. It's just a lot, of, <coughs> a lot of desert. And then mm. I guess there's a bunch not much of brown rooms. Uh, there's not much you could have done with Midworld, I guess. Mm. But um, yeah, this film doesn't really try anyway for um, for Midworld and stuff. And New York's just New York. Yeah, it doesn't really have. It doesn't feel like there's a vision driving it. No, the music's all right. But the music is okay. I don't remember any of it. What do you think of the action sequences? I I was a bit um, <laughs> worried in the trailer that they were going to make the gunslinger a supernatural mm. shooter which they do do mm. but not as often as i thought they would most of the time he's just a guy who can shoot really well which is why he's called the gunslinger yeah. but like there was a couple of times in the trailer where you're like oh is it's gonna be like a, yeah like he's able so is he able to do things like in the book how he you know he's shooting bullets off one thing and shooting another bullet recall. and they hit each other and i don't recall him ever ricocheting mm. ricochet i don't recall him doing it's it it's a ricochet yeah, mm, I, f- I feel like he's just a good shot in the book. <laughs> yeah, um, I like him complimenting Jake uh, going for the gun and stuff. He did that a lot in the book, like the companions. He had just like a, a sm- like just some. He'd always say he's ever like a small respect. It's like a there's one bit where in the that's supposed to, one of the sequels where he meets a guy who's a a drug addict and he ends up in his head for some reason and they end up separated. They have to get in this gunfight and a series of things where the the guy's naked because he's been strip searched or something, mm-hmm. and you're like, you handled yourself really well with a gun for a naked man. And there was like a always there was always like stuff like that in the yeah. book where um, Roland has this charm when he compliments someone, and there was a bit of that in the in the film. Really small thing, but mm. I liked it. Like I, I I thought the action sequences were probably the only redeeming factor mm. of the film but they're not they're not anything special no but you know the, the there's the the moment where he shoots the guy just by listening for him mm. thought that was quite impressive um and you know some of the ways he killed you know kills people was when I mean, he shoots them but 
It's no John Wick. It's no John Wick. But yeah. like, but it doesn't. I mean, not that everything needs to be, obviously. But you know, especially in something like this, like bringing in a whole like gun fu element would kind of. Well, I guess maybe it would have worked because he has the gunslinger. Yeah. But, hmm, maybe something a bit more kind of, rather than he's just good at shooting. He's good at shooting. He's good at shooting. Maybe there's shooting maybe, good. yeah. Maybe you could have introduced another kind of uh, an element like that to it, which would have made it a bit more dynamic to mm. watch. Um, but yeah, I'd say that that was probably the one redeeming factor. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that the act the action was it was all right. Hmm. I, that's it, it's just fine isn't it? there's like none, when the rest of the movie's just nothing's going on and I don't know what's, well lots is going on just in a very short space of time and I don't really understand any of it, it's like every now and again there'll be a bit of shooting I'm like okay I can kind of get on board with this and then well, we're back to lots of stuff I don't understand Aye. Um, there's also, there's an actor um, the kid who plays his friend Okay. Michael B- Mar- Michael Bar-, Bar I'm trying to read it off on online Barbiri? Barbiri? Okay, not He's a very good actor. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he was in a film called Little Men, which is, I think, still on Netflix. Oh, I should check that out. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, 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 about, um, like, two kids kids from different families who become really, really good friends, and then the families end up having this big feud, and it's all about, you know, just being parents, basically controlling their children in situations like that where the children are like hey this is your fucking problem hmm. we just want to go ride bikes and it's a really really good movie and um, obviously there's not much for his character to do anyway but I was like man I, even if I wish you were the main character uh, <laughs> or like you were the kid because you're such a more like even just the few scenes where they're together I was like you're so much more dynamic hmm. than this kid is um, yeah just, and also what's his face jo- Joss Whedon's boy um Oh, what's his bloody name? He's in Cabin in the Woods and Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah! Uh, what's I know his bloody mean. name? Uh, Fran Kranz. Uh, he's in yeah, the... he's in it. Which was funny because I was thinking about how... Because I really like while we watched the film, I really was like, Matthew McConaughey feels like a Buffy villain. Like, he just feels like a shit Buffy villain. He does. And then when he popped up, I was like, wait! <laughs> um, so, yeah. I thought that was him. And mm. also, Jackie Earl Haley's in it. And I feel like Jackie O'Haley is a really good actor who gets constantly underutilized. Who who it's he 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 was, um, he was like, there's the bit where Matthew McConaughey goes to Earth and he's like, "Hey, you bloody let him get away." He was on Earth and this kid this kid got away. Ah, oh, is that guy? He was yeah. Warshak in in Watchmen. Oh, was he? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think he he's I mean say what you will but Watchmen he's stunning as Rorschach I think hmm. he's the best part of that film and it's a shame because I feel like he's never ever been given something he's like given that he's a shit role in yeah this even one. though it feels like he proves himself so much with Watchmen people just haven't given him a chance to do anything else and he always just plays these bit parts where he's like a gruff like muscle man Aye. to somebody else and I think it's a damn shame I wish people would give Jackie Earl Haley some, some roles Jackie if I ever end up making some movies you can come be in my movie <laughs> I'll cast you as something important. There you go. Rorschach 2. It's more Rorschach getting about. It's going to be a good movie. Rorschach. 10 out of 10. 100 out of 10. 16% are raw to me. <laughs> Rorschach. Um, I don't know what... what, what bleh, I don't know what's more... What, good lord! <laughs> I don't know if I have much more to I say! That, there that we bloody, go. That bloody sentence dribbled down I your t-shirt I just had a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't think I have much more to say about. No, like my most most of my points obviously have been on the adaption. Have we both seem just so? Yeah, I think the adaption angle I think is the best angle to take. I think I think we're just so unenthusiastic about the actual film itself that I um it just ends up like I'm so up for artistic liberty when you're adapting stuff, but like it's again it's another example of just an adaption. It just did missed the port like what yeah. made what made the original source material so interesting mm. and so special and so different. And but yeah, it's 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 let's just take the name and the kind of vague, hmm. yeah, the, but the vague the, premise. Oh, it's like, like hey, this is we've given you the characters and the uh, by by name and the world by name, and isn't that what you want? And you're like, well, no, hmm. we wanted like there's there's a thing about like there's artistic liberty you can take, but there's a thing about the story that like is is what made it so popular, and it's weird that they would be then made by filmmakers and. Um, producers who didn't understand that and just made a generic uh, film with the Dark Tower slapped on it. Outside of you, I don't know anyone who cares that this movie's out. Like, yeah, I really don't. yeah. I just I, I haven't. I cared less. Anybody who gives who gives a shit that this film. Exists. I cared less recently. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, I was so excited for it. There was a time where I remember Roland, uh, Roland, Ron Howard had been cast a director. I saw he was credited as a producer. As a producer, he yeah. was going to direct it and make it. And uh, what else is the guy who, who directed it? Let's do a bit of googling. The guy, oh, fucking, I can't remember his name. He was in Skyfall and No Country for Old Men. Skyfall, and it crumbled. You do you recall what his name is? And face it all together. That was my. That was your Adele. Skyfall. Uh, fuck me. Where's the bloody director's name, boy? Come on, Jeff. Here we go. It's directed by another hard name, Nicolaj Arcel. So there we go. What else has he done? He has directed ba, 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 the King's Game, <laughs> um, Island of Lost Souls, Truth About Men, A Royal Affair. I have not heard of any of no, those movies. A Royal Affair has Mads Mikkelsen in it, though. Oh, there you go. So there's that. That's exciting. Um... Oh, he's doing a remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca. Okay. What are you bloody remaking Hitchcock for, boys? Leave that. Leave that alone. <laughs> Leave that alone. Right, they did it once. They did Psycho. Yeah, and they made it. They remade it shot for shot as like a statement about remakes. Aye. But I think most people just see it. I've never seen it, but I think most people just see it as like a. Oh, they just pointlessly remade it shot for shot. But I'm pretty sure that was Gus Van Sant trying to make like mm, a, statement a statement about remakes. Yeah, which I think is interesting. But like, what? Hitchcock's what uh, Hitchcock is like one thing where you're like, why would you remake his films? Like the, the his films are so specifically plot focused. Yeah. What, what are you gonna like? Psycho is the point. What are you gonna do? I think I guess it's just it's just a, you're redoing it for modern audiences. And that's it, really. Because you try getting a fucking, you but try getting knows, a fucking fifteen year old to sit down and watch so, the original Psycho. He's so twist heavy. Everyone knows the twists and everyone knows the the. the the characters and the stories it, it just it's one of those like it doesn't feel like you could retell North by Northwest yeah. in any specific meaningful well, way yeah so ah well best of luck to him <laughs> um, the only other thing that might ha- they are still I don't think it will happen but they're still talking about it they were gonna well, when Ron Howard was gonna direct The Dark Tower it was gonna be this huge epic thing he was gonna do multiple movies and there was gonna be so many tie in TV series and stuff but they still might do a tie in TV series that's talked about it and when Roland growing up 
which would not be too impractical because they would obviously wouldn't have to get Idris Elba. They would get uh, a young person to play mm. Roland and they would set it in the time of the gunslingers. Um, which, if they were just doing an adaption, would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens when Roland's a kid and there's a lot of interesting stuff for the society of the gunslingers that would be really, really cool as a TV series. Mm. But I don't think that will happen because nobody cares about the dark No, I think, yeah, I think this sort of killed any enthusiasm for it and so annoying because that's that'll be the dark tower locked in a cupboard for Pretty a very much, long yeah, time for a very long time but don't worry danny you'll still get your fix of pointless franchises nobody asked for because avatar 2 is coming out soon so <laughs> avatar 2 through 84 and so we're all good and then he's gonna do some terminator films we're gonna get James avatar till he fucking drops death <laughs> no he's doing terminator films yeah he's, he's gonna do terminator films man anyway I feel like we've said all we need to say. I have to pee. Fair enough. Quite badly. Quite badly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we can just leave it there. That was a good first episode of season two. Aye. Episode one. Episode one. Uh, we still have... Do you want to do all our plugs and stuff? Or... Yeah, we still have we... all the usual things. Yeah, it's still the usual thing. It's Twitter and Facebook, at Second Opinion. Uh, that's second with a two. Yeah. Uh, so go follow us, um, like us, um, tell all your friends. We're on YouTube. You're on YouTube. We don't have any videos, but I want to do, now that we're doing like a second season, I want to try and do way more video-based Yeah. Stuff, like a lot more. Me too. Um, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. So keep a bloody eye on that YouTube channel, cool. boy. Bye, bye. Keep an eye on the YouTubes. Um, Make sure that you're been okay. Yeah. So I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Season two, boy. Season two? Yeah. What is... What Can you give a little high five? Oh, high five. Here we go. Season two. You could use that as an edit point if you wanted as well. That's true, yeah, I'll mark it down. <laughs> um Well for our rebranding, are we keeping the, the same sign off? I think we should we should we gotta stick with the same sign off. Same same In, Yeah. It's great for it comes from a lost episode, but we've explained it enough that enough that I think people get it now. People get it. Oh, I have another podcast. Oh hey! Hey <laughs> I'll plug that because whatever, it's my show. I have another podcast. With uh, my friend Leona, and it's called Phobophobia. And it's all about anxiety and exploring that whole world and bloody putting yourself out there. And uh, basically, every episode, we're only going to do about one a month. We're only shooting for one a month. But every episode, we're going to be doing a, cha- a challenge that has either been set by or for us. Uh, we'll, the first half of the podcast will be how we're feeling before we do it, and the second half will be after we've done it. Uh, and it's basically just a good because it's kind of the brainchild of leona who suffers quite heavily from a lot of anxiety and uh she wants to do this as a way to Work force herself to do more things that scare her Aye, and, I've, uh, I've not heard it yet so the first episode's out first episode's out and the first What's episode the first episode is structured a little bit differently because it's the first episode and it's about podcasting Okay. And you obviously can't make an, uh, the first half be about how we feel before we record the podcast yes. without recording a podcast. So first episode is laid out a little bit differently, but we talk about a whole mess of stuff We, from, you know, anxiety to fidget spinners. It's, it's it's all good. It's all in game. So it's good fun. And I'm excited to, I'm excited to see what it grows into. Uh, what is the second episode about? Second episode, hopefully, hopefully... Uh, we're going to be zip, zip, zip lining across the River Clyde in Glasgow, which I'm terrified about. That's quite terrifying. As it's coming closer, I have started to realise what exactly it is I've signed up to do. 
and it's scaring me quite a bit. There's a very small chance it won't happen, so we've been quite cautious to like yeah. promote it as the next episode. Cool. But it'll kind of officially be like episode one, if you know what I mean. Like the first episode is kind of like an introduction. A lot of descriptors and introductions. Second episode will be here's the actual show. Oh, so, that's cool. It's exciting. But uh, yeah, I'll plug that because why the hell not? Well, I, I think that Phobia Phobia is a f- uh, podcast friend of Second Opinion. So yeah, definitely we'll, plug we'll that. We'll just bloody start our own network. Ah. What will we call it? Scott and Danny's network. Because <laughs> fuck everybody else. It's <laughs> our network. <laughs> exactly uh, cool man that, was, that wasn't an edit point that was just me clapping um, let's go let's go eat food yep. and probably talk more about movies and stuff. What, what food would you recommend eating we're gonna eat some bloody JK M&M's JK was that it JK, JK M&M's JK M&M's bye 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 goodbye everyone love you